Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him, because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. You know, arguably one of the most endearing images of the Bible is that of the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. Certainly this is a relationship which would have deep meaning for those in Jesus' day, largely an agrarian society, references to sheep and and shepherd would have struck a poignant chord for those who heard Jesus' teaching. I don't know about you, but the closest I've ever gotten to a sheep was at a petting zoo. And to be fair, I was more interested in the, the goats who were trying to eat my shoelaces at the time. But even as I have often resided in urban or small city communities, sheep and shepherd relationships are something that fascinate me. And certainly something that I think I know a bit about, given what we've been taught from the Bible. Obviously, as followers of Jesus, it is comprehensible that we identify as the sheep, the followers of Jesus and the way. Being a sheep has often been attributed with negative implications, however, as sheep are thought to follow their shepherd mindlessly. During the pandemic, which was certainly an awkward stay-at-home order in place for all of us, and the ripples of uncertainty that it cast out into the communities associated with that time in our history, I recall going to the post office one day as things were starting to, to let up a bit and seeing on the door plastered with stickers that were sheep. I've seen them on gas pumps as well. The implication, the insinuation is that if you were following the government's recommendations for keeping the disease from spreading, namely wearing masks, social distancing, and getting the vaccine, you were a sheep, right? And I'll admit, when I nearly lost my younger brother early on in the pandemic before we understood the danger that COVID was in our community, when he was in ICU for more than a week, I wore my mask, I stayed my distance, and I got my shots. Call me a sheep if you will. Bah! 
Okay. But in contrast to the sticker's insinuation, I am a thoughtful sheep. I think you are too. Which may be why we love the 23rd Psalm so much. The words poetically inspire my vision of what a relationship between a shepherd and his or her sheep can be. And to associate that with a relationship between us and God, I think it, for a lot of believers, it moves me, it moves us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. O oh Lord, you restore my soul. You lead me along right paths for your name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup is overflowing. Well then surely, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What more do we need, my friends? Us sheep who follow a beloved God. In my talk with folks who attended the Mini Altrea yesterday here at Elcor, a Mini Altrea, by the way, is a, a a, a sort of reunion for those who have attended a Via de Cristo weekend. And if you want to know more about a Via de Cristo weekend, who's done a Via de Cristo weekend? Raise your hand. Just ask any of these people with their hands up. <laughs> RJ, you're the, you're the coolest. <laughs> we'll get you there one of these days, I promise. But as I, I, I talked in uh, yesterday's context, I, I noodled around with the idea that that fear is something that Christ Jesus is counting on us to no longer allow control, right? Control of our thoughts, control of our, our actions, control of our personalities and our influence, not only in this world, but on one another. In fact, perfect love, it says in 1 John, casts out all fear. You've heard that, right? That's what Christ Jesus is counting on us to do to accomplish with our lives, to, to live our lives in such a way that fear does not have a grip on us, but rather trusting in God is what is our guide, the guide that leads us along right pathways for God's name's sake. And certainly that is our constant aim. I like the way a friend of mine who belongs to the Benedictine community of the Anglican tradition wrote about it in a, a blog that he posted on Facebook this week. He wrote, The apostles in the Acts of the Apostles are really struggling with what it means to be a follower of Jesus, now that Jesus is no longer in human form to follow. They are filled with fear. They had become accustomed to quite a luxury. They could go ask Jesus what to do. You've heard that phrase, what would Jesus do? They could ask Jesus in person. They had become accustomed to quite a luxury. The answers they got may have been cryptic and vague at best, but we don't even have that luxury. 
We have this body of answers to other people's questions asked two millennia ago from which we must try to determine what Jesus calls us to do. He goes on to write, but we're not as bad off as we might think. Jesus says that when he goes, God will send another in his place, the Holy Spirit of God. This is the event we remember as, do you know? Pentecost, which is going to happen in just a few weeks, right? The disciples had to learn a new way to relate to Jesus, um, to God, rather. The disciples had to learn to rely on the Holy Spirit And so that is our task as well. How do we live in the Spirit? Well, the enduring and enduring relationship between sheep and shepherd is the answer. Our shepherd is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who earnestly promises to accompany us through life at every turn. Thanks be to God. So let that relationship not only comfort you, but keep you from getting caught up in the grip of fear which can so easily rein us in, which will only then hold us back from living life abundantly. Let the Good Shepherd lead you along right pathways always, and one day you and I together will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.